Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Who's excited for episode three of Mastermind? I hope it's been exciting. If you're watching online, thank you for joining us online. Thank you for being with us in person. All I see is masks out there, which is good. (laughs) I guess, you know, government requirements. But we are in episode three of our Mastermind series, and we're excited to share this with you because it's dealing with our thought life. And you know, and the reality is that if we conquer our thoughts, we conquer our life. We have a successful life. So today, what I want to have talk to you about is this title. It's called Not Into Labels. Not Into Labels, right? Question for you. Did you ever have a nickname? When you were a kid or, you know, even as an adult, people called you nicknames. Sometimes they were, you know, a term of endearment. It was like, good. Sometimes it was derogatory. Ever had a name called you that you didn't like? Yeah. Right? And you wish that people didn't call you that. Sometimes it's one circumstance in your life that gets you labeled. Right? And that thing sticks for the rest of your life. And you want to get away from it. And you can't get away from it at all. But people love putting labels on things. You know? Calling people. Trying to put people into a box. And define them by what they think that we should be. I'm a big basketball fan. And you know. (laughs) Apparently one other person. (laughs) And, you know, basketball players, sometimes they have nicknames. I remember, you know, when I was used to watch, I still watch basketball, but Allen Iverson was called the answer, you know, <laughs> because they had a problem and he was the answer. Uh, we had another basketball player who used to play for the Utah Jazz, Carl Malone. He was called the mailman. You know why? Because he always delivered. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you had Magic Johnson because he was such an amazing thing. That's not his actual name. It was, it was his nickname, but it became so popular that he even calls himself Magic Johnson. Now, his actual name is Irvin, but who knows Irvin? It's Magic Johnson. <laughs> so a lot of times in our life, we get nicknames, and sometimes those things stick with us right through life. And when you think about it, sometimes they're not positive. They're negative, and we carry that with us because people go on in life and move ahead, but sometimes it feels like that label has stuck with us, and we can't get past it. It's just there constantly in our life, and sometimes we actually become that. Often our thoughts and situations cause us tremendous pain because we're carrying this burden of a label that might not necessarily be true, but because it's become so popular, people are just calling you that, it's just who it is and who you become. But today we're talking about mastermind and episode three is to help us overcome wrong thinking, right? Overcome the wrong patterns in my mind, Overcome the negative thoughts that have been bombarding my mind. And how we do that, we talked about that last week. We have to reprogram our brain to think new things. Why do we do that? Well, we realize that most of life's battles are actually in our mind. If we win the battle of our mind, we can win the battle of our life. Life is a consequence of our thoughts. And is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. You can't have a positive life if you have a negative thought life, right? 
You can't continue to have good things in life if all you're thinking about is negative things. You can't have a good positive outlook if you have a bad thought life. We get stuck in a rut. And so Paul has been our guide on this journey of our thought life because he was a man who mastered his thoughts. When he writes some of his letters, he was actually imprisoned in a Roman prison and he was under lock and key, but he writes such amazing thoughts of of powerful thinking and he says you know don't be constrained by all these negative thinking let God free your mind because when you actually realize how powerful God's weapons are you can bring every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ you don't have to have random thoughts running around your brain trying to control how you live you're able to because through divine power that God gives us we can control our thought life and we can live lives of success to impact not just our lives but our families, our communities, and ultimately the world. We have that power. And so Paul has been our guide on this journey. And he gives us some valuable insight. And he's writing this from this Roman prison cell. And he's writing to this church in Philippi. And he says this. this I love this verse. It says this in Philippians 2.5. He says this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's saying, have the mind of Christ. My mind, which was also in Christ, is now sharing important information with you. Why is that important? What is the mind of Christ? Well, it's to think like Jesus thought, right? To have the same thought patterns. Did Jesus go around going, oh my gosh, this is so depressing. I don't know why I have to live with all this riffraff. Is that how Jesus thought? No, he thought wonderful thoughts. You know, you might be in a difficult situation, but I've come to give you life and liberty and freedom. I've come to set you free. I've come to release you from the burdens that constantly constrain you. So Paul says, have the mind of Christ. Because when we develop our thought life, according to the thoughts that Jesus thinks about us, we don't have to live in a rut of negative thinking. We don't have to be constrained. We're not shaped by what culture says. We're not shaped by what, what's popular, what's going on in our world. We're not shaped by other people's opinions of us. We're not shaped by negative thoughts. We're not shaped by people's definitions of us. We actually begin to be shaped by God's thoughts about us. What does God think about you? That's what's important for you. Because so often in our life, we are bombarded and overwhelmed with things that are negative in our life. You turn on the news channel, it's all about negativity. There's a disaster here. You're going to die. You need this. You need that. Don't leave your house. Because things will happen. But when you have the mind of Christ, your thoughts are shaped by what God thinks about you. You see, we are designed on purpose for a purpose. You never hear by accident. God has designed you and created you for a specific and wonderful purpose. In fact, the psalmist says, we are fearfully and wonderfully created. God thought about you when he created you. You were not an accident. You're not a circumstance. God planned for you. And when he planned for you, he planned success for your life. He thinks good things about you. God's thoughts about you are positive, wonderful, amazing, 
to give you good things to plan for your success. So if God is thinking good things about you, why do you think negative things about you? When the most important person in the universe has thoughts of positivity and life-affirming things for you, why do you feel negative about yourself? Isn't his thoughts about you amazing? They're amazing. So let's tune in. So Paul is saying, tune in to the mind of Christ. Because God's thoughts about you are amazing. Why do you want to be bombarded with everyone else's negative thinking about you? They can't shape your life. But God, who made you, who created you, who formed you, thinks amazing things about you. Stop thinking about those thoughts of negativity and start to align yourself with God's thoughts about you. Think good things. So Paul says this. His mind, which was in Christ, let it be. We are designed for success. Because your life will always move you in the direction of your strongest thoughts. We've said that a number of times before and I'll repeat it again. Your life is always going to move in the direction of your strongest thought. Be it positive or be it negative. Be it God-centered or be it detrimental. You're always going to be moving in the direction that you think the strongest. Why? Because the more we think something, it creates neural pathways in our life. And the stronger we think that, the stronger that pathway becomes. And so you have to start thinking God's thoughts. And the more you think that negative thought, the easier it's going to become. The more you think that positive thought, the easier it's going to be. As I said, in our world, we're constantly bombarded with information on how we should think how we should act, how we should behave, what we should look like, what we should talk like. All of it is being told us constantly. And because of this, sometimes we live lives that are not a true reflection of who we are. Isn't that true? We portray certain aspects that we want to highlight because we think they're more appealing to other people than who we really are. We live life through lens. Other people's lens of us or our own lens of ourselves. You know, we take a picture and we post it on Instagram. But before we do that, we put a nice filter on it. (laughs) Right? We want to look good. Now, my day is not going well. I might be in financial trouble. But I'm going to smile and throw up some money and put a nice little filter. My life is going amazing. We put filters on our lives, right? We filter our lives through this to what we want other people to see, what we think is appealing to other people. And so often we, we filter, we label, and we put our lives out there that are not a true reflection of who we really are. And when we look at other people, we don't see who they are because we're seeing them through their filter. We're not meeting that genuine person. We're looking at them through this filter that they've put on their life. And we look at situations and circumstances through that that as well. What is your default filter? All of us have one. We filter our lives through our thoughts. If someone thinks bad about me, well, I'm going to be extra nice. Based on what other people think. And we label and put all these things on us. The reality is that even though we see filters through other people's life, we often respond in different ways. Did you know that? 
You can have the same person in a different circumstance and you on the same circumstance and you all respond differently. Why is that? You ever think about why people respond differently in the same circumstance? You know, I've heard situations and read stories where, you know, people, for example, on the Titanic, there's people that are panicking and jumping on board and and some people actually playing their violin. It's the same circumstance. Why do they react differently? Why do you react differently in the same circumstance that someone else does? Oftentimes it's because we look at things differently. Some people look at the news and they stress out. Some people look at the same news and go, you know what? God's in control. I don't need to panic. Other people freak out when they get negative news. Some other people are more reserved. Here's a perspective I want you to see. A little while ago, I used to travel to the city, and it would take me an hour to get there and an hour to get back. You know, I could be like, my gosh, I have to get up an extra hour every day. I'm going to be late every day because I have to be, travel all this time. It's frustrating. It's a congested you know, train. There's many people around. Hopefully they wear deodorant and you, know, they, you can't find a seat. You have to stand all the time. It's so frustrating. You know, you're tired before you even get to work. That's a perspective. Or the perspective that I have is, you know what? I have an hour that I can't do anything. So guess what? I'm going to spend an hour reading or listening to something that's going to encourage me, or a podcast, and have an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. That's a great opportunity that I, I'm constrained in a place, but hey, I'm not going to let that circumstance control me. I'm going to use that hour for something productive. Same circumstance, different perspective. What is the same thing in your life? You ever been in a situation where you have someone freaking out at something and you're not? Here's an important thing that you have to understand. It's not the facts that are different, it's the filter. The facts are the same, but it's how you see it that determine what you do. Are you looking at things through a positive lens? Are you looking at things through as an opportunity? Or you're looking at this as a disaster? That's it. You know, this is horrible. My day didn't start out well. My coffee was cold. My oats weren't hot enough. And now I've ruined my day. This day is not going anywhere. It was like, you know what? That's okay. My coffee was a bit cold. I can drink it faster. My oats weren't as hot as well. That's great. I can rush out of my door and get to work better, faster, quicker. What's our perspective in life? Is everything, every little mistake, a disaster that's going to ruin your day? Or is it an opportunity for something better? Learn to look at things from a different point of view. Learn to look at it not from our limited view, but look at it from God's eternal view. Look at your life through his lens rather than your ways. Start creating a different way of thinking about a person, a situation, a circumstance, a relationship, and you begin to have a new perspective on things. Because when you think about things differently, you react differently. That's just simple. See, you can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control how you label it. You can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control how you label it. Let me give you an example from Paul's wonderful life. 
You know, Paul was so enthusiastic about talking about God. He wanted to go everywhere and spread this amazing news that he had encountered in his life. This life-transforming power to change lives, community, and the world. And he loved it. He said, I want to go everywhere and talk about God. You know what happened to Paul? He went to Rome and he got imprisoned in a Roman prison. That was not what he planned. That's not what he desired. This is not what he wanted to happen. He didn't go, well, I guess God's not with me. I guess, you know, that dream's just gone. My life's just ruined. I had this great plan for my life and now I'm just locked under lock and key and I can't do anything. I just feel so depressed. I'm so down. I don't even know if God hears me. Maybe God's abandoned me. God's left me. I don't know what's going on. I feel so rejected. I feel so alone. I'm depressed. This is what he says. I'm going to read this version to you. It's called the CC version. CCV version. Now, you won't find it in any of your scripture. It's a special version that I have. It's called the complaining constantly version. <laughs> you won't find it in your scripture, right? But this is what Paul could have said. This is what he, he could have. He didn't, but this is what he could have said. He said, you know, in Philippians 1, 2, he could have said this. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really sucks. As a result of all the hell I've been going through, I'm quitting life. Quitting life group and never going back to church. I didn't plan ending up in prison. I wanted to be free out there and now I'm on a lock and key. God's not with me. I'm quitting. This is done. I'm going to send a group text to everyone. Please pray for me because I'm struggling. I'm going through this pain. You know, there's rats here. This food sucks. It's horrible. These gods don't bathe. They're smelly. I'm going to be executed. Here's life. I'm just stuck in this prison. I'm doomed. Continue to pray for me. Is that what Paul did? No, this is what he actually said, which is amazing. Remember, he's under lock and key in Roman prison. And this is what he says in Philippians 1 verses 12 and 13 in the right version. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace God and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. What most people would think is bad, I'm labeling for good. I'm chained to these Roman gods, every day, right through the day. But I'm chained to the most influential Roman gods because they've been put in charge of this important prisoner and they're there with me. And guess what? Every eight hours, I get a new guy that I can preach to. I have eight-hour sermons going on. (laughs) That guy can't leave because he has to stay right there. I have a captive audience. And because I've been preaching to them, some of them have actually become believers and they've gone out there and spread this good news to everyone else. This is Rome. This is Rome. And this is Paul's prison. They thought I was a prisoner. But the reality is that they're locked up in here with me. I'm not locked up in there with them. They're locked up in here with me. And I get... To do 
what I'm going to do. And then he continues in verse 14. He says this, And because of my change, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all more to proclaim the gospel without fear. What's Paul's perspective of being locked up in prison? Did he give up on life? Did he say God's not with him? Did he surrender? Or did he say, you know what? I'm still doing what I'm supposed to do. I might be under lock and key, but because of my chains, I've come to realize that I'm in chains for Christ, not for man's perspective, not what they did to me. I'm here speaking about God, and all these people have to listen to me because they don't have a choice, and they've actually become believers now, and they're actually going out there and spreading the gospel of the good news of Jesus. Paul was labeled a prisoner, but he labeled himself an overcomer. In our life, we're labeled with a whole bunch of things, aren't we? All of you know this because you know what you're labeled with. You know, I don't have to tell you. People have said this to you. People have called you this, that this is who you are. You know, they've put things in your life that you're weak, that you're unloved. Here's a label. That you're good for nothing. You're no good. They stick them on you. You're a failure. Whoops, my failure. It doesn't stick to me. <laughs> that you're a loser. They've put labels on you. Right? And we walk around with them. And we let other people see. I'm lazy. I'm good for nothing. I'm unfriendly. I don't know anything. I guess I'm supposed to fail because I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm a horrible son. I'm a horrible daughter. You're an unloving father. You're an ungrateful mother. You have all these labels that you stick in your life. You know them because you live with them. What we have to do is, is learn to brush them off and begin to put ourselves with who God says, God's thoughts about us. I have a great future. I am forgiven. I am chosen. God chose me. I'm loved because God loves me. I'm a child of God. All of these things are what God thinks about us. That we have to label ourselves with. You know, when you go to the store and you buy a garment, every single one of those things has a label on it. It's labeled with who made it, the manufacturer, but also has another important aspect. It tells you how to care for this garment in order to prolong its life. Do wash it this way. See, God's thoughts about us are God's labels on us. And he tells us how we can live a life of success if we follow his thoughts about us, his label about us, what we think about it. Our thoughts, our labels shape what we experience. What we believe, understand this, what we believe determines how we will behave. What you think about yourself is how you'll behave. If you think of yourself that, you know what, I'm meant to always have bad stuff in my life. Guess what? You will always have bad stuff because that's what you'll find. If you believe no one likes me, they don't want to be around me, that's what will happen because you don't want to be around people. But if you think, hey, God loves me, 
people want to be around me because I am I'm a great person. I have good things to share. I have interesting stories. I love people. I want to be around people. You'll find yourself around people because you want to be around people. So often in life, we have to stop looking for bad situations and start looking for God's goodness. Stop looking for bad situations and start looking for God's goodness. Not all situations are good, but there's good in every single situation if you know where to look. Here, give me another example. I'll give you another example from my life. You know, one of the closest relationships I had in my life was with my grandmother. She was there for me through different circumstances. I'd always talk to her about things in life. And one of the most painful and hurtful things that occurred in my life is when she passed away. Now, all you can understand this, if you have a loved one that passed away, you know the pain and anguish and the heart-rinsing real depths of pain that you can go through when you, when you lose someone that you love. And I could have been like, God, this is horrible. You know, why did you take this person away from me? I loved her. I wanted to be around. She's a great influence in my life. Why did this happen? But because I know how God thinks... And this is true. In spite of the pain, the pain didn't go away. In spite of the pain, the moment that I heard that she had passed away, I said, God, I thank you for her life. I thank you that you put her in my life that had years of enjoyment that I could spend with her. And her lessons and her teaching will always be with me. I thank you for that. It didn't diminish the pain, but it changed my perspective. Rather than being in constant depression, I gave God thanks for what I enjoyed rather than what I lost. And I said, you know what, God? I will see her again. There's a hope for a future. I could have had a bad perspective. See, same situation, different view. The reality is that you will always find what you are looking for. You will always find what you're looking for. If you want to see the negative, if you want to see the bad, if you see life as a challenge, that's what it'll be. But if you have a different perspective, a good perspective, a positive perspective, and say, hey, life is full of opportunities, that's what you will find. You know, there's a vulture and a hummingbird, two different birds. Guess what? They both fly. They both have wings. They both fly around. But one always finds dead and decaying bodies. And one always finds sweet, wonderful nectar. Do you know why that is? Because a vulture is always looking for dead things. That's what it will find. But a hummingbird is always looking for nectar and sweet things. And that's what it will find. You will always find what you're looking for. Because that's your perspective in life. You look at it as well... I lost my job. This is horrible. You're like, I lost my job. But I know God's going to give me a new job with better opportunities and I can meet new people. What do you view in life? Here's why it's so important. All of us go through the same circumstances, but we can have a different perspective. It determines your thought. Let Jesus help you decide what to think. Because he's already told us what he thinks about us. If he works all things for good, then he's working things out. That's what the scripture says. I work all things for good. Not all things are good. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, 
He's not saying every good thing in life is coming to you. He's saying not every circumstance is going to be good, but God can work even the bad things for good. You're looking at it as a disaster, but God's looking at it as a stepping stone to move you into a new, different arena of life. Start thinking. It's important. This is so important for you to understand. Don't live life determined by what's happening around you. Stop interpreting God through circumstances. Interpret my circumstances through the goodness of God. It's a whole different way of thinking. If I'm interpreting situations like, like Paul is, like, oh my God, you know, God, I'm in prison. Why did you abandon me? Why did you reject me? Why did you throw me away? Aren't you with me? That's looking at God through circumstances. But Paul didn't. He looked at his circumstances through the goodness of God. He says, I'm in this prison, but I have people that I'm talking to, and they're talking to other people, and your message of hope is being spread to everyone, so much so that the whole Roman kingdom is being influenced. What I'm doing locked up in a prison cell with these Roman gods. He was interpreting his circumstances through the goodness of God. And not allowing himself to interpret, let God see through his circumstances. Say, well, this is who God is. Paul says, what's actually happening to me has served to advance the gospel. You can't always control what happens to you, but you can control how you label it. So today, I want us to perform a life-giving exercise. Is that okay? I want you to think about something for a moment. Let's exchange our negative thinking to what's been put into our life, what people have put into our life, what the world has put into our life, what culture has put into your life, your boss, maybe your father, your mother, your friends, whatever they've put into your life and said things in your life that are not necessarily true. But you've taken them and you've hold them because they've come from a place of importance, Or someone of authority because you said, well, it's my boss. I guess that's what they think about me. And you've been shaped by their thinking of you. I want the host team to come forward. And they're going to give you a little sticky note like I have right here. They can do that quickly. Each one of you is going to get a sticky note. What I want you to do, come on host team, let's make that quick. Everyone gets one. What I want you to do is to write down on that. You don't have to show it to anyone. You don't have to show it to your neighbor, your friend, even no one. You can write this about yourself. I want you to write what you've been labeled with that's causing you pain. So the first question I have for you, what label has had the most negative impact in your life? How did that make you feel? You don't have to show it to anyone. I want you to write it down. What label has had the most negative impact in your life? Take a moment to think about it. I want you to write it down. Last week we talked about writing it down, right? So you're going to write it down. And I have up here promises from God. When you're done writing it, I want you to come up and take your thing, tear it up, as many pieces as you want, and throw it into the bin right there because that's what 
you've been labeled with and you're getting rid of that thought. And I want you to pick one that speaks into your life. You can pick any one. There's, I think, 80 different ones right here. Take one that means something. Take it home. Put it in your scripture. Put it on your mirror. Put it wherever you want. Let it remind you of who you are. Can I get the... Take one and then let's play something. Tear it up. Tear. No one's going to read your thought about yourself. Rip it up. Throw it in there. You're saying, God, I'm depositing this negative thought and I'm going to take one that's going to give me life. And take one for you that's going to give you something good. Pick anyone. And there's a scripture on the bottom that you can read later to help encourage you. We're not into labels, what people say. We're into what God says. Whichever one means something to you, take a hold of. There's enough for everyone. What promise from God can erase your pain and that hurtful situation? What promise from God can erase that painful situation? Grab one that means... Let's all stand. I want you to hold the thought that you chose. You chose it for a reason. It spoke something to you. You believe something about it. It's God's word to you. It's God's promise to you. It's his life-giving words to your life. If you can, just hold it. You don't have to show anyone it. You can hold it in your hand. Hold it up. Hold it before you people, everyone here and God. And we're just going to pray that into our life. We're going to pray that for ourselves. We're going to pray that for our neighbors. We're going to pray that for the people around you. Because every single one of you have a thought that God has and thinks about you. And we're going to claim that. Amen? We're going to believe that about ourselves. And we're going to get rid of those things that the enemy has put in, what people have put in, that have spoken labels into our life that we have to live with. We're taking those out and we're replacing it with this thought. So I want you to start thinking about this thought right through the week. Put it somewhere where it reminds you every single morning, every single day. Think it. Believe it. Write it down. Believe it. Receive it. Confess it till you actually believe it. Because it's God's word for you. Let's pray together. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.